Hi, I'm Alex Smith, host of The Asterisk, a serialized podcast from Pregamescape, highlighting the game-changing events that unfolded throughout the 2019-2020 NHL season. In each episode, we'll outline occurrences that will change the sport for years to come. Joining us for episode five of The Asterisk is Brett Peterson, who was recently hired to be the Florida Panthers' new assistant general manager. Prior to the hire, Peterson was the vice president of Wasserman Hockey, an agency representing players like Tuka Rask, Luke Kunin, and Vinny Henestroza. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. NHL players start every game day with a pregame skate. Now you can too by subscribing to Pregame Skate, an email newsletter detailing what's happening in the hockey world and why it matters, all in five minutes or less. And that's not all you get with this five-minute major upgrade to your inbox. Subscribers to Pregamescape gain access to its monthly live conference calls with NHL players, coaches, scouts, and journalists as the NHL season kicks into full gear. There's no better time to join the Pregamescape roster. To subscribe, visit www.pregameskate.com. Peterson joined Wasserman after spending over a decade with Acme World Sports which was acquired by Wasserman in June. He was recently named to the Athletics 40 Under 40, a list highlighting some of the up-and-coming executives, coaches, scouts, agents, and others in the hockey world that will help shape the game in the next generation. Peterson had an impressive playing career before becoming a certified NHLPA agent. He won a national championship with Boston College in 2001 before embarking on a professional career playing for the ECHL's Atlantic City Boardwalk Bullies, Johnstown Chiefs, Florida Everblades, and Phoenix Roadrunners. He also spent time in the AHL with the Albany River Rats before calling it a career with the AHL's Grand Rapid Griffins in 2009. Throughout this podcast, we've mostly discussed the NHL, but Peterson started by sharing his thoughts on what college hockey might look like next season. These are conversations that internally we're having daily. The whole situation is a little bit catastrophic for some guys, right? A lot of guys that were seniors missed out on some great opportunities to use the playoffs as you know, springboard into pro hockey, maybe creep into spring hockey as a professional and make a name for themselves a lot quicker. I mean, that especially for college players, that goes a long, long ways is those games in the spring, whether they be in the East Coast League, the American League, the National League, to shorten that learning curve. Some guys might not even get opportunities because they just didn't have a platform to show themselves in the spring. It's a bum deal for guys that are freshmen coming in and not having the true. I was thinking about that the other day at BC, like there's no freshman orientation. There's no preseason camp. There's It's a completely different thing. So they miss out on a lot. And I think you can go brick by brick and find each kind of age group or class where it's fallen on them negatively. I personally think that colleges, most of them, they they're almost have their own bubbles because most of the campuses are so contained. Obviously, you've got your city schools where, you know, it is what it is. But I remember when I was at BC, you could count on a hand how many times I actually went downtown. Maybe it's because I had no money to go downtown, but it didn't, it didn't really leave the walls. So I think they can be contained. I think, I hope that they figure out a way because I think that there is a lot of mental health for everybody to have sports playing 
I think that with hockey East in particular, since we're talking about BC, like I think they're probably the, one of the, the best chances to play because of every the proximity of all the schools, but it's really going to come down to the NCAA because it's going to be across the board what happens. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping that they just shift everything back a little bit. And hopefully if we can move hockey even into the spring, which wouldn't be a bad thing at all. Everybody loves spring hockey. I think that we might have a better chance of having a full and competitive season. Spring college hockey sounds pretty good to us. Transitioning back to summer hockey in the NHL, we asked Peterson for his take on the new collective bargaining agreement and the league's efforts to make the 2020 postseason a reality. With regards to CBA, like I, I think an agreement had to be done in order to ensure the continued future and success of the league, quite frankly. like It's not the right time to not have an agreement and have any sort of further stoppage of play. So from an agent standpoint, some of the optics aren't great but it's a lot better than the alternative. So it's, it's an interesting opportunity, I think, with the return to play for the NHL being as it's not the top one or two major sports in North America. It's a great platform for them to use March Madness template and maybe try to increase viewership. And I think they've done a great job, players, in keeping us, the viewers, engaged on how they've participated in the games at all of us have played in hockey. And when you play in a full Conti versus an unfull Conti, it's a little bit of a different feel. I think it's a testament to them. Those guys are bringing their compete level up to where it is. At the start of the qualifying round, we saw Minnesota Wild defenseman Matt Dumba step up with a powerful speech condemning racism, calling for more action against the systemic racial inequality in the United States. During this pandemic, Something unexpected, but long overdue, occurred. The world woke up to the existence of systematic racism and how deeply rooted it is within our society. For those unaffected by systematic racism or unaware, I'm sure that some of you believe that this topic has garnered too much attention during the last couple months. But let me assure you, it is not. Racism is a man-made creation. And all it does is deteriorate from our collective prosperity. Dumba kneeled during the national anthem after the speech, alongside Blackhawks goaltender Malcolm Subban and Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse, who stood with their hands on Dumba's shoulders. Back in 2017, JT Brown became the first NHL player to protest during the national anthem. Last night in the game between Tampa and Florida, we saw an NHL player take part in these protests. And that player was J.T. Brown, raised his right fist during the playing of the national anthem. Now, he didn't kneel, he didn't sit, he remained standing. Uh, he's actually the son of a former NFL running back, Ted Brown, but he also did this in the preseason. And uh, we're going to wait to see if anyone else follows his lead. But as you mentioned, started in the NFL, we saw it in Major League Baseball. Uh, now we've seen it in the NHL. Brown is now a member of the Minnesota Wild organization, as is one of Peterson's clients, defenseman Luke Coonan. Myself and my business partner have been helping Luke out since he was a kid. So it's an easy conversation for us to have with a guy like that because the relationship has been intact for so long. But just educating him in highlighting some of the things that I think are on a lot of people's minds right now, but just from a different perspective. And Luke's such a, he's a team guy. He's the ultimate kind of friend's friend. So I think for him, he's a guy 
that is just curious about what he can do to support his friends. And I think that's a great place to be because is he going to fix the problem? No. But does he have great platform being as who he is to support his friends? Yeah. And that's what he's doing. So, Since George Floyd's death on May 25th, NHL players have become outspoken advocates aiming to help end the inequality and lack of diversity that exists in U.S. sports. The formation of the Hockey Diversity Alliance in June was a big step. And in the National Hockey League, a group of non-white NHL players have formed the Hockey Diversity Alliance. It was announced on Monday. Evander Kane from the San Jose Sharks, Akeem Alou no longer in the league, Wayne Simmons, Trevor Daly among the players, and Matt Dumba from the Minnesota Wild is also part of that group of seven. Announced that on This is Patrick Mahomes, and I support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. I'm Connor McDavid, and I support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. I'm Alex Sovetskin, I support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. It's Danny Green here, and I support the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Hockey needs more color. Unfortunately, the efforts of activists and athletes nationwide could not stop the events that occurred in Wisconsin on August 23rd when 29-year-old black man Jacob Blake was shot seven times by police as he attempted to get into his car with three of his children inside. On August 25th, the Milwaukee Bucks decided to boycott Game 5 of their playoff series against the Orlando Magic in response to the shooting. We're following breaking news. The Milwaukee Bucks have announced that they are boycotting their playoff game in the NBA that was supposed to be happening right now. They're doing this because of the shooting by a white police officer or police officers of Jacob Blake. Uh, we've also just learned... The NHL decided to move forward with their three games, while the NBA chose to postpone all three of theirs. The next day, the NHL and NHLPA agreed to postpone the games scheduled for August 27th and 28th. There's a lot of white athletes in here, and I think that's the statement that's being made right now. It's great that the NBA did this and the MLB and the WNBA, that they have a lot of black players in those leagues. But for all these athletes in here to take a stand and say, you know what, we see the problem too, and we stand behind you. I go to war with these guys, and I hate their guts on the ice, but I couldn't be more proud of these guys. The statement that they've made today is something that's going to last. These two days isn't going to fix anything, but... The conversation and the statement that's been made is very powerful, especially coming from this league. Last night I struggled with what I wanted to do, whether it was, am I really going to walk out on my team and be the only guy, or is there going to be a couple guys? But I, I woke up to a text from Kevin Shattenkirk, and he had a bunch of guys out east there, and they wanted to talk. And then I got a text saying Vancouver wanted to talk. And that, I think, was more powerful, that it started, the conversation started with white players on other teams wanting to talk. And I think that's the most powerful thing that happened today. And now you see us all coming together, all opponents here. I hope after this, I don't expect every one of these guys to go out and be advocates for this movement, but I'm sure a lot of us are. And that's the biggest thing. You can't just talk about it in the bubble and then go home and live your life. You've got to start being part of it. And I expect lots of us to. That was Vegas Golden Knights forward Ryan Reeves, who was asked to answer the majority of the questions during the 18-minute press conference. You might recall Reeves' statement during the National Anthem in the qualifying round, kneeling alongside Robin Lanner, Tyler Sagan, and Jason Dickinson. Reeves' point about the number of white players taking part in the decision to postpone the games didn't underscore the stance made by NBA, MLB, 
and NFL players, but it does highlight the racial disparity that still exists in hockey, something the Hockey Diversity Alliance hopes to address. Peterson is optimistic about the progress that's been made in 2020. Here's Peterson. It's an interesting time because I think you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as, wow, this is terrible and this is the end of the world. Or you can look at it from more of a glasses half full standpoint and say, now there's some real conversations that are being had. What is happening in the United States is unfortunate. That's the beauty about sports is there's a platform for people to be heard. And there's a platform for people to turn a bad day into a good day based upon performance and stuff like that. I think that the NHL has been taking a lot of steps forward since the beginning of this bubble play in terms of identifying that we need to get more inclusive with things. So I think anybody that's played hockey or been around hockey, as long as you guys have and and I have, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought it was just going to turn on a dime. I think that there's definitely some things working and people that are upcoming in the system and in hockey and executives and coaches that I think a lot of these things will start to come more to the forefront and the conversation will continue to increase and hopefully collectively together we can help it smooth itself out. From August 1st to September 28th, players were sequestered into two bubbles. There was manufactured crowd noise, three games per day on one sheet of ice, and most importantly, a league-wide reckoning with racial inequality. When we look back at this year 15 years from now, what will be the resounding memory from the 2019-2020 season? We made it. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I don't know, it, it's such such an uncharted territory. I don't know, I've heard the, the thing for the asterisks, but I also think that the guys that are in there and they're going to win that Stanley Cup, this might be a harder Stanley Cup to win than ever before because of this drastic break. Like, it, it was complete offseason. And then you're thrown into your preseason is the Stanley Cup final, essentially. So I think that there should be a little bit more credit placed on, maybe it's not an Astros, maybe it's a star, because this is a tough one to win. And this is a very particular one. And I think of it more of a tournament than an actual season. So hopefully they'll classify it as something different because it's just a completely different makeup. You're, you're trapped inside. You got, you can only go certain places. You got two bubbles. You got guys that are stepping up out of left field to do things that they shouldn't do. Some of the, the veteran, the older guys, this is not really like an awesome thing. If you're a little bit on the older side to get dropped into something like this. So it's a hard feat. So hopefully when we're talking about this, we'll have 10 years from now, we'll have an appreciation for maybe a young guy stepped up and did something amazing. It's just, I can't believe this guy made a name for himself, but I guarantee there'll be somebody that we'll be talking about that will be a superstar in eight years or whatever. And it's a guy that springboarded from right now. So it'll be pretty cool, but it's just a, another cool piece of history that we get to live. Never would I ever thought that something like this would happen, but here we are. That's all for this episode of The Asterisk. Join us next time for our chat with Axios sports editor, Kendall Baker, who will compare the NHL's bubble setup to the NBA's and share his perspective on player branding in hockey. This podcast was produced by Walk On Holdings, a digital media holding company, along with Pregame Skate. 
Alex Smith is our host and associate producer. Parker Milner and Brooks Dyroff are the executive producers. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review if you'd like to hear more serialized hockey podcasts in the future. Lastly, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at www.pregameskate.com. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.